Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Enterprise Solutions. We thank them for their wonderful support of this program. Mike Mangrum, Michael, actually, but we all call him Peepaw. What a strange mix. But this man walked in, and you hear his voice, and you hear his story, and you get a sense of a guy who struggled all his life with something he shouldn't have until he found out there's a God who loves him. Here's Michael. So they all call you Peepaw. I, yes, I laughed. I said, what? What's that? All? How did that come about? When I was in, uh, which my grandson calls me uh, Peepaw, he started calling me Peepaw. Uh, I was in prison in uh, TCOM, and there was a young guy there who overheard the conversation that my grandson called me Peepaw. So people at, in prison at TCOM started calling me Peepaw. Well, I got here uh, August the 15th of last year. He gets here the very next day, and automatically I'm, I'm Peepaw to him, then I'm Peepaw to half the people here. Then he comes to the same job that I'm at, and everyone starts calling me Peepaw. There are people there, like I said, that don't even know my first, my real name that are calling me Peepaw. That's how I'm addressed, you know. You know what? I look at you and I say, I don't even see a guy who was incarcerated at any point. I, I, I listen to you and sound like you could be on radio. Got this beautiful, deep voice. Now, tell me your story a little bit. Where'd you grow up? Franklin, Tennessee. Not far from here, about 20, 25 miles. Uh, yeah. Good family? Good family. My my dad was a uh, firefighter. Uh, my mother worked in grocery business for, for years when I was growing up. And uh, really nothing bad growing up. Big Christmases, you know, great holidays, you know, family get-togethers. Uh, but there were just a feeling from at a very young age of in, in, inadequacy, not a, not not enough. You know, I was, a I I was a little guy growing up. And, um, one thing that stands out to me at, at a young age of the feelings of not being enough or you remember fair park used to be in Nashville and they had the sign that you had to be this height to ride the rides. And, and I was never at that height. I remember being the only kid who wasn't tall enough to, to get on the rides. And all through through you know early years and adolescent in the teenage years i just felt like i had to i don't want to say act out but i had to do something to be recognized and eventually you know that turned into uh to drugs and alcohol and breaking the law and i just never felt like i was quite enough my parents never made me never made me feel like i wasn't did enough, they know what you were doing n- or no, did you hide it? not until the police knocked on the door, you know, uh, they, they really didn't know, you know, what was going on. Uh, I looked like the normal, you know, young, young guy, teenager and stuff, but it just, it, it wasn't that those, those, those feelings and emotions and were, uh, were always there. Was there a part of you that said you knew that, that that was going to happen? And was there any relief to, all right, it's all on the table now or not? When I, when, when, when they, when the police showed up. When it came out, no, no, there wasn't any, really wasn't any relief. Really, it was a go button. I mean, it was, I just, it just got started running away from home. Uh, 
you know, rehabs at early years, juvenile detention, and it progressed really fast. Uh, how for how me. much time did you do? Well, I, I got in trouble the first time at the age 16, uh, and in and out of my first prison sentence, I was 18 years old. I had a 14-year sentence, and I did four years or so, got out, went back for a few more years, got out, just in and out for the past 30-some-odd years. How did your family treat you? Always there for me, uh, you know, supportive, uh, just wanting the best for me. You know, my brothers and, and my dad, my mom, they, they just wanted other than what I was doing. And, uh, you know, it broke my mother's heart for a long time to see that. You did, know. did she say things like, what did we do wrong? How did this happen? She has. Yeah, she has. I, you know, I was born... Uh, she was 13 years old when I was born. Very young mother. Wow. You know, yeah, some unfortunate circumstances. And uh, the joke is the reason I'm so short is because she carried me till I was two years old. She wouldn't let my feet hit the ground, so my legs wouldn't grow. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, I just I never – I was loved beyond looking back what any what any child would want. But I just, I wasn't available there. I don't know if it was mentally or, or what to, to feel that or to see that. It just, it wasn't enough, you know, uh, to overcome those feelings of inadequacy or, you know, some depression there. And it, it just, none of that was ever enough. Where was God in the middle of all that? I, I paid no attention to God whatsoever. I had been to church, you know, maybe once. And, but I, I felt... A, I, won't, I don't know if I should say a calling, but I felt like there was something out there for me. And I just, when I got into the life of crime and the drugs and alcohol, uh, there was no reaching out, you know, for that. It just, it just wasn't there. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the, I believe the lie of the enemy. I believed that I wasn't enough. So until I got to the point that I got to, to change that, it was just, it was miserable, you know. How did that change happen? Somebody else involved or just you? Well, it was, uh, there was someone else involved. Uh, I got into a relationship uh, and things started to change for me slowly. Uh, uh, They made me feel like I was, you know, wanted and and cared for and and there's a better purpose for myself. we were in a relationship for 15 years, and it took a long time to get there. Uh, but it, it opened the door for me to, to relieve some of those feelings of being in, inadequate, and of being not enough. Of you know, I am gonna, I am somebody, and I will be somebody. And I went back to prison uh, a couple of times mm. in that relationship. And uh, and when I went this last time, when I was out there. Well, let me back up. 2017, I found out I was a diabetic. Total life-changing, you know, mindset. Uh, I had decided I was going to get my life straightened out. I went to drug court. Uh, one day, I decided I was going to drink again. And I woke up after I'd went through all my money, uh, you know, sleeping on a box behind Kroger in Franklin off of Hillsborough Road. Being up for two or three days, just drinking and and using drugs my sugar was so out of whack i could couldn't see very well uh and that morning which got me to this point where i'm at now i pray to god to something to happen 
please, something happened. I couldn't stop myself. Uh, at, at that point, I, I, at that point, I, I really thought that this was going to be the end for me. I wasn't going to make it through this. Uh, I prayed for my family. I prayed. I, I just, I, I prayed for God's help. And uh, that morning, uh, coming out of a blackout, I'm, I'm, I'm in a Kroger store, and uh, long story short, I wind up in handcuffs, sitting in the back of a police car, looking in the mirror where they had flipped the visor down. I could see my reflection in it, and I couldn't do At that moment, I started to feel more free sitting in that police car with those handcuffs on than I had my entire life up to that point. I, I, I felt in my heart that God met me in the back of that police car. God answered my prayer that day. Please help me. Please do for me what I know that I am not capable of doing for myself. That's so interesting. And now look, you 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 come the men of valor. You're staying through the whole year. You now uh, you have a leadership role here as well. Life completely changed, and you now feel the, you no longer feel those inadequacies. I do not. Do you? I, I look back on that on that guy that lived. 40 some odd years i'll be 50 years old this year that lived that way and i i I feel sorry for him you know because it's that that was those were all lies of the enemy those were all you know just untruths and uh i don't i regret a lot of it i I don't you know I, i wish this things didn't happen only because of the pain and the misery and the time that i've lost but because it got me to where i'm at today I can say that it was worth it. You know, it. Uh, when I started hearing about Men of Valor, uh, um, I, I I couldn't believe. It. I, I'm reading these papers and I'm thinking, this. There's no no way that's too good to be true. People don't help people like me. You know that far that deep. You know, uh, like I said, I've been in and out of prison for thirty something years. Rehabs. You know, I was in institutional mindset. Uh, you know. So, you know, freedom was, uh, you know, I could spell it. <laughs> I know what it meant for other people, but I didn't really know what it, what it was going to mean for me until I got here. Those first 30 days were, I'm waiting for the, the ball to drop. You know, this has got to be, you know, this, is, this isn't real, you know. Look at you. Well, you know the name of the program is Put a Word on It. Yes, sir. Did you get a word for me? Hope. Hope. That's as good as it gets. Since I've been here, God's done things for me that again, I know I don't deserve them. I absolutely don't deserve them. I'm a lead at my job. Uh, I'm in a leadership position here. Well, I, I bought a car. <laughs> I'm almost 50 years old. I bought one car in my entire life, and that was only because I had won some money. I worked for this car. I pay insurance. You know, I clock in and out on time. I tell the truth. And then that's no pat on my back. That's nothing that I have done because f- flesh and blood, me, Michael, I destroy things. I, I, I ruin things. And until I surrendered, got out of the way, and, and got into the Bible and just started listening to some people who'd been through some of the things that I have, I just, I wouldn't be here today, you know. You're a pleasure to be around, Michael. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. 
I enjoyed being around him. I'm jealous of his voice. Good gracious, he's got this beautiful voice. He needs to use it for God's glory, and I think he does. You know, he has children, two daughters, and grandchildren as well. You talk about a man now who can take that faith that's in him and that love that's in him and pass it on to that next generation. Just a wonderful man to be around. I know he'll be successful. He's a senior about to graduate. Look out, the world. He's going to come in and make a big difference. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movministry.com.